This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Thursday, September 12th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. WOTUS repeal rule announced. White House seeks answers to biofuels SRE complaints. And WASDE may contain lower estimates. The 2015 WOTUS rule is being repealed. The Obama-era Waters of the U.S. rule, which the farm community has been complaining about for years, is getting plowed under. EPA and the Army Corps of Engineers say they're repealing it. EPA Administrator Andrew Wheeler told reporters the repeal is the first step toward getting a new WOTUS rule in place, which he said would happen by the end of this year or early 2020. Farm and environmental groups have predictably different reactions to the latest action. Farm groups like it, and environmental groups don't. The new WOTUS rule, based on a proposal published earlier this year, will narrow the scope of federal protections for wetlands and streams. Keep in mind, in no way will the repeal rule or the new WOTUS rule spell an end to litigation. We're a long way from having certainty, according to Don Parrish, American Farm Bureau Senior Regulatory Relations Director. You can see our story at www.agripulse.com. White House tries to mend fences with oil and biofuel. Administration officials are attempting to resolve a disagreement between biofuel producers and oil refiners over small refinery waivers by the end of the week. Yesterday, officials from the National Economic Council met with biofuel advocates to discuss solutions to ease farmer and biofuel frustration over the issuing of 31 small refinery exemptions in August. Biofuel advocates say no one is helped if RVOs, the renewable volume obligations, are increased today and then taken away again in six months with SREs, a source told AgriPulse. Oil refiners meet with the administration later in the afternoon. Grain traders anticipate a scaled-down corn yield estimate today. Traders hope corn yield estimates in today's World Agriculture Supply-Demand report skew lower than last month's. The release will be a combination of still a guess from the USDA and yield checks, according to Steve Gregory, president of brokerage firm Allendale Incorporated, speaking with AgriPulse. He said this is the first time we will get an infield yield number that is applied to their guess. After Allendale conducted its own yield survey last month, it's anticipating the USDA's August corn yield estimate of 169.5 bushels an acre will drop to 167.7 in the September report, which is a little higher than the average trade guess. Gregory said, when you get USDA and look at what they did with good to excellent ratings, and they dropped 3% this week, some guys are saying we're going to see even more of a yield cut in this report. We're not in that camp. Last month, farmers became outraged after the department raised the corn yield, which ultimately tanked the grain market. Gregory also said another surprise could be whether USDA lowers the soybean bushels per acre as well. USMCA labor enforcement remains sticking point. U.S. Trade Representative Robert Lighthizer assured Democratic and Republican lawmakers yesterday that progress is being made in talks with House Democrats on the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement. But House Ways and Means Committee Chairman Richard Neal says differences over the enforcement of Mexican labor provisions remain troublesome. The one that still appears stubborn is labor enforcement, said Neal, who met with Lighthizer for 20 minutes Wednesday morning. 
He said he will meet today with House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, who will ultimately decide if and when the House will vote to ratify USMCA. Mexico has promised to overhaul its labor standards, but House Democrats are worried the country won't follow through, especially if it slashes government funding. But Texas Representative Mike Conway, the top Republican on the House Ag Committee, tells AgriPulse that Lighthizer stressed to GOP lawmakers Wednesday that Mexico is offering assurances it will have the budget to enact labor reforms. Keep in mind, the complication of ratifying USMCA grows as time passes, but there appears to be renewed optimism for a House vote this year. I'm hearing that in a month or two we're going to have a vote said House Ag Committee Chair Colin Peterson, who stressed he's been talking to members of the Democratic Trade Working Group that's tasked with working on USMCA with USTR. It's going to get done, he said. China tariff exemption for Huawei seen helping the country's hogs. China's decision to exempt U.S. dry whey from a 25% tariff is good news for the U.S. dairy sector, but it's also expected to help China recover from African swine fever, a disease that's forced the country to kill off more than 30% of its hogs. The exemption decision, U.S. Dairy Export Council President and CEO Tom Vilsack tells AgriPulse, comes on the heels of my recent visit to China. During meetings with government and industry officials 10 days ago, I repeatedly pointed to win-win dairy solutions for the U.S. and China, including utilizing U.S. whey and feed to help rebuild the Chinese pig herd. U.S. exports of dry whey to China have dropped by roughly 50% over the past 12 months after China levied the 25% tariff, that according to U.S. DEC data. Are farm payments racist? The Environmental Working Group, a longtime and influential critic of federal farm policy, is introducing a new line of attack on USDA spending, that payments to farmers are sometimes racist. In a press release yesterday, the group charged that the Trump administration's market facilitation program payments have overwhelmingly gone to white farmers, continuing USDA's racist legacy. The statement links to an earlier EWG blog post that cites the congressional testimony of the founder and president of the National Black Farmers Association, Virginia producer John Boyd. Anytime the government gets involved when they say it's going to be a speedy payment to farmers, it's always last for African-American farmers. It's always last for Latino farmers, for small-scale farmers, and for women farmers, Boyd said. Keep in mind, the MFP payments are supposed to compensate farmers who have been the most hurt by President Trump's trade war. White matters. This line of attack appears to be aimed at undermining support for farm programs among progressive and urban Democrats. Biden and Warren face off in the third debate. The Democratic presidential candidates hold a third debate of the campaign in Houston tonight. This time, only 10 candidates qualified for the debate, and they will all be on the same stage. That means that frontrunner Joe Biden and Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren will face each other in person for the first time. We'll be watching, as usual, to see what the candidates say about immigration, trade, and climate policy. But there also could be an emphasis on the gun issue, since that polls a major concern with Democratic voters. Only one of the two Senate Ag Committee members is still in the presidential race. Minnesota Senator Amy Klobuchar qualified for tonight's debate. 
Both she and Colorado Senator Michael Bennett are both trailing badly in the polls. The latest CNN poll has both favored by just 1% among Democratic voters. Here's today's He Said It. At the end of the day, I'm a mule farming plowboy, and I think we need to go back to the basics and be simple. It ain't that tough to figure out who's got broadband and who doesn't have broadband. I can't believe it's this dead burn complicated. That Ohio Republican represented Bill Johnson during a House Energy and Commerce subcommittee hearing on broadband maps yesterday. Well, that's Daybreak for this Thursday, September 12th. AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by the United Soybean Board. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Alley.